0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Chris and Andre Show.
1: Well,
2: good morning, everybody, or good day. This is The Chris and Andre Show, episode 12. Good day, um,
0: mate. <laughs> Chris. I'm going to do and- this entire episode with my shitty Australian accent. Please don't. Okay, I won't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> It'll be like the shortest episode. Like, yeah, and I'm done. Well, the good news
0: is, I mean, at least according to SoundCloud, we don't have any listeners in uh Australia right now. So
2: That's true. Not too That's many.
0: True. I mean, I guess they could be Australians living elsewhere. You know, it's not like they're confined to the continent. Well, I mean they are
2: now, but everybody's well, confined <laughs> to where they are right now. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, yesterday I actually, uh, I bought some, I think it's called, uh, man, it's a vegan egg thing. Like an egg replacer? No, uh, well, yeah, but... But it's like, you
0: can use it for like scrambled eggs.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, what is it called? I got it off of Amazon. Is it like the Just Egg or... Nope. Um, I, so I was reviewing, um eggs because, because i like eggs i i can't uh, i haven't found a uh it's called oregon vegan or or grand vegan easy egg um let's see how much is it it's like eight bucks on amazon no that's crap it's like 15 bucks um and i made some scrambled eggs for the second time yesterday the first time i made it i screwed it up pretty severely yeah because I didn't read the instructions. and
0: Well, you are a man. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Secrets out. Um, but yesterday, I made, actually followed the instructions, and they I made an uh, egg and cheese sandwich with some vegan cheese. I was really, really pleased. No, so,
0: I, was, I mean, I would hope it was vegan cheese. Otherwise, what's the point of using
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. But um, it was a very good sandwich. And I was completely satisfied. I was like, wow. So part of my breakfast routine can survive my plant-based transition.
0: Yeah. My breakfast routine at this point is basically like six cups of coffee and two pieces of, um, like whole grain toast with, uh, earth balance and some jelly. And then all of my vitamins and supplements and whatnot. Yeah. I I feel like I'm 90 at this point with the amount of pills that I'm taking. Like, (laughs) that's it. uh christy i think said something the other day she was like you know you can tell how old your body is by the number of pills you have to take on a daily basis and i was like well f- i'm basically dead then <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i take a men's multivitamin um and it's got all the uh, supplements i need that i'm probably excluding from my diet from food uh and i you know I'm fairly okay with that. I, I I've never really been on the whole supplement bandwagon. Every now and then I would probably go for like a, like a quarter of a year and be like, oh I've totally gotta to do this. I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like I just need to change my diet. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it that... can be twofold. You
0: know, like I think there is you know, there are certainly some things, especially like um, you know, whether you're vegan or not, uh we all don't get enough B vitamin, right. Right. Uh, in our daily diets. And so at least having some sort of like B supplement or something like that, some, some vitamin B, uh, that you're taking, I think is in general. And that's usually included in the men's multivitamins. Yeah. The tricky thing now is finding, uh, like vegan, you know, supplements and stuff like that. Cause especially if you're looking for like, you know, the Omega three, which normally is fish oil. Um, and you can also get it from, I think, it's kelp or seaweed, you know, like something like that that they can extract the the omega three six nine from, um which always makes me think of "Get Low" by the Ying Yang <laughs> Twins. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like you know, the moment I said three six nine, you were like, "Damn, girl, fire!" Yeah, I was oh, in my damn, head. Get, I was low, running, get low, get low, get low. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite like. Rolling around in the summer or like the late springtime when it's really warm outside, windows down, like
2: to the window,
0: to the wall. (laughs) Everybody knows how the rest of that goes.
2: Yeah. So (laughs) I will tell you, there's another song, uh, Will Smith's Summertime. Oh, that's That's a good one. Yeah. Like summer doesn't start until I hear that song. That's
0: yeah. (laughs) We were watching uh, New Girl last night and it was uh, the, the Prince episode. I don't know if you've watched much of New Girl. No, no. Okay. Well, wow. <laughs> but, but, but go ahead. Pretty, I'll pretty hilarious. Ahead. Just in general, like they get invited to a party at Prince's house, and then uh, Prince basically solves Nick and uh, Jess's relationship issues because he's oh, really? Prince, and that's what he does. So
2: Prince is really on the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I will totally watch it just because of that.
0: I'll um, to, I'll find the episode for you. Um, yeah. I
2: don't want I don't want to get hooked like you got me on The Office and Parks and Rec. Like I don't do that. I me. mean, I can't
0: make any promises, but
2: I don't think that you are going to get as engaged
0: in this show as, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, I don't. It doesn't seem like the the style of comedy and everything. I mean, it's a bunch of hipsters living in an apartment. Yeah, like yeah, Max. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Jessica Day is like, I mean, she's like, I don't know, probably me. If I was a TV character, times like a hundred in terms of like perkiness and just like everybody's great, and yeah, I, but I then she prob- does have those great moments like you experience where she totally loses it, you know, because she's just like <laughs> fed up with everything,
2: <laughs> yeah, like right now, like, yeah, I really,
0: coronavirus, update.
2: I'm enjoying like mean Chris. (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: Like, I don't know if anybody bothered to, uh, I mean,
2: I don't. I have have
0: like 10 or 15 followers on Twitter, but, um, I, I had quite the experience at the doctor's office yesterday. Uh, I had before everything, you know, went batshit crazy with the, uh, with the lockdown and everything. I had made an appointment, uh, at the radiology clinic to get some, a test done. And so I went in yesterday to get it done and like, I was there early because I always like to, you know, I mean, they say you need to get there 15 minutes early anyways. I'm usually there like half an hour early. Like, I mean, if they can get me in early, I might as well get done right. early, right? right. Um, and so I'm sitting there in the lobby and this guy comes in. This is an older gentleman. He's got black latex gloves on to begin with. Uh, and he walks up to the counter to check in and, you know, he gives him uh, or she asks for his ID and his insurance card. And he's like, oh, I don't have my insurance card. And he's, she's like, okay. Um, he's like, by the way, uh, can I get a mask? And she's like, you know, I'm sorry, we don't have masks for patients. They're only for, you know, the employees and everybody here. And he was like, well, I was told there would be a mask here for me when I came in, you know? And it's like. I would have been like, who told you that? Right. I mean, because that person's lied. fired. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he like, he gets all huffy about it and then proceeds to walk out to his car and get a mask from his car that he apparently just had out there and then comes back in the building, but stands outside the weight room, outside the door with the mask in one hand with like his arms folded. And I'm just like, okay, so what was the point of that? Then I see there's a woman in there. She's literally wearing like a plastic poncho, like a rain poncho, right? With a face mask and purple latex gloves. She fills out the form on the clipboard or whatever doesn't even like you know make hand contact with anybody, just sets it down on the counter to give it back to the receptionist and then proceeds to put five pumps of hand sanitizer into her, onto her latex gloves to clean wow, the gloves
2: that's smart that's smart <laughs> like,
0: oh, third dude walks in with a mask over his chin, not covering his mouth, not covering his nose, just over his chin. So that is some
2: straight up WPS, Chris. I
0: mean, it is like, well, okay. One dude was definitely like the, the dude with the chin mask was definitely like Hispanic or something like okay. that. But, right. well, um, but uh, yeah, everybody else was, was definitely. You get two out of
2: three. Yeah. Your, your team is winning.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I call it winning at this point unless it's like hashtag winning, you know, Charlie Sheen style. It's
1: like, yeah you know, Tiger Good. Blood.
0: And... Ooh, speaking of Tiger Blood, have you watched any of the Tiger King uh, no, show I'm on not, Netflix? I'm not. I'm not
2: going to. I'm so- not going to.
0: I did the same thing. I put it off for as long as I could and then like I was having trouble falling asleep one night this weekend and I was just like, "All right, I got nothing else to do. Let's see what everybody is freaking out about." And the first two episodes are pretty boring. Uh but then the third episode it starts to kind of get you cuz man, like there's some crazy stuff that goes on with these big cat people, like
1: I, I um, mean, I know,
0: like, I know you're never going to tune in and watch it. I don't expect you to, but it's just like, you you know me better than that, bro. Like yeah. I,
2: I've heard some things where it's like, nah, <laughs> just, I, I can't, man. I understand.
0: No, but you can, you know, you can tune in to watch Jersey Shore family reunion. Yeah.
2: Be- yeah because that's classic TV. These guys are classic
0: these- TV.
2: <laughs> like Nick at night. <laughs>
0: is that is that where this is going to end up? You think I'm I'm already bought
2: into the whole. Like, this is on
0: Lucille Ball level. Like I love Lucy is on the yeah, same yeah, level yeah. as Jersey Shore family reunion. You, Lucille Ball and Snooky.
2: I'm caught into the train wreck. Like I just, you know, what's funny about that show? Like after Nothing. watching it for ten plus years, I realized you no, know, sir. Yeah, you're right. It's interesting. They're older, right? Sure. For me, that's the you know like I no, was- I can
0: totally see you being intrigued by that. Yeah, because now you're like, like, oh, look at them all regretting all the stupid decisions they made as youngsters.
2: Yeah, it's 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 not it's not even hilarious anymore. It's it's interesting to see how these people have grown up. You know where and it, this is not like to defend the basis of the show, but when I no, think but to about- defend your watching of it. <laughs>
0: Maybe that's what we're doing. And this, I- just to remind everybody, ladies and gentlemen, coming from the man who demands that everybody learn how to vote with their wallets, and here he is voting with his wallet on the Jersey Shore family reunion. Give me more snooky. That's who I want for my next presidential candidate.
2: Because it's hilarious, <laughs> man. It's Snooki hilarious. in the
0: situation, 2024.
2: <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? Like, most of them have kids now, right? And it's oh, just yeah. like... Well, it's I mean, so-
0: that's what happens when you have all that unprotected sex.
1: <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's interesting for me. I just find it very like, because part of me, when I was younger, I lived some of that like party lifestyle. Right? Sure. Um, and when I, I wish that I had-, I had
0: been around to see that.
2: Oh, by the yeah. way, I was not a train wreck, but I was definitely um, interesting. There was the a whole persona. that <laughs> was like it's like a bike
0: crazy. accident or something. It's <laughs> not a train wreck. <laughs>
2: yeah, we were like, uh, like this, a
0: hit and run. I didn't
2: feel very well. <laughs> so I've always like, you know, I used to love going to, I, I love to dance. And like, I love going to the club. And that for me, that's like, you know, even though I'm older, I still will go out and dance. And so well, now it used to be. Well, I think the last year I stopped doing it as much. I would go out and dance until three or four o'clock in the morning. Like, I don't care. The last like,
0: year? So, for the last year, you've been like up until this last year, you were going out and dancing till three and four in the morning?
2: Yeah, if we would go out, I mean, like. I
0: mean, I guess that's true. I remember many, many stories on a Monday.
2: Yeah, it was, I had a great time. I love it, man. It's just like that inner, that, and I hate using the word energy in that stupid hippie, hippie hipster way, but the, the energy. vibe, of, man. The, the vibe, vibe yeah. is just. It was dope. <laughs> it was dope. So, um, but now I'm getting older and I have to take a nap before we go out. Well, and
0: that's—I mean—that's where I again, like, I I understand why that you know watching those guys who went through a lot of that right, who were doing all that partying and stuff like that, and now are, you know, grown up and have kids and have to make like real world decisions. It is yeah. you know it's interesting to see the the dynamics change. You know, yeah, like and I the can, train
2: wreck is still a train wreck, but yeah. I still like I get to kind of see in some ways what i look like as an idiot young person sure. doing the same crap yeah. so it's like huh that's i was probably a moron well, weren't we all <laughs> to some degree <laughs> um yeah so i've let's see i've i know we've we're kind of it's, it feels good to not like go into a deep, heavy topic right now, but I watched a lot of good movies over the last. Yeah,
0: of days. no, I'm 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 on the same boat. Let's let's dive into some some pop culture.
2: Yeah, I um I so watched The Kitchen, which sucked. <laughs> so very disappointed with that movie. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, I, didn't,
0: I haven't seen that one. I think um, Christy said that she started watching it and she couldn't get over the accents. Like,
2: yeah, she said that was just too much. Um, Hard pass. I would never watch it again. Yeah. It might get deleted from my library um, because it was like and I get it was based on a comic book, but it was too much for me. I like, mean,
0: everything, every comic book that's ever been written was not a good comic. Right. And not right. every comic needs to be turned into a movie. I understand that. Hollywood no longer desires anything that doesn't already have some level of built-in audience whether it's a reboot or a spin-off or a sequel or you know just like, taking a book or a movie that is semi-popular uh, not book or movie but book or you know comic book or something like that or hey let's let's make a dragon lair video game
2: movie like yeah. are
0: you serious come on yeah,
2: <laughs> Yeah, they. I mean, I won't the only even reason
0: that. that's even a thing is because Stranger Things included Dragon Lair as a reference right. in the first season. And so then it becomes this like, oh yeah, I remember playing Dragon Lair? And now it's like, oh, let's make a movie out of it. And but it's you like, can
2: think, but when we were kids, I, I know for me, probably a few years older than you, uh, just maybe a couple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but part of the mystery or the excitement for me, and I, I'm a big comic book nerd, was what would this look like in live action or animation. Sure. Uh, because I appreciated the, the art behind, like, I, not just the stories, but the art in the comics. Um, and that's, like, for me, like, with entertainment now, it's more of a weakness, uh, if I'm being honest. Well, yeah, like, and
0: I think, you know, in a lot of cases, what you don't get, right, is, I think, like, an accurate translation of that style. Right. You know, like, right. I think you're right, that especially with comic books, like, there's a certain... Yeah, there's a certain element of, you know, like design to, you know, or theme to like how it's being kind of portrayed. And I think a lot of the times they try to capture that, like, you know, like uh, Zack Snyder wanting to do like, you know, really dark and gritty and those sorts of things, which I, I get. But it's like at the same time, it just it doesn't translate the same way a lot of the times.
2: Well, and it's, it's because they try to deviate from the source material way too much. And I think that's a, you know, uh, that's a weakness of comic book movies and trying, if you just generally, and I'm just, I'm not going to, this is my platform in comic book movies, stay close to the source material and people will enjoy the ride. You don't have to deviate so much where, you know, it's. You don't have to catch everybody up to speed on what's happened. Just stay close to source material and people will figure it out.
0: Well, and I think a, a lot of the times what you end up with now are you know, interpretations, right? Or variances on what happened in a comic book or, or something like that where the story's already been written because they're trying to provide some element of surprise for the entire audience, right? Even people who are familiar right. with it. And I think that's where they trip themselves up more often than not because it's like you're trying to outthink the original creation. Right. (laughs) You know, like, and and what it comes across is like, well, I could do this better, you know, or like I'm going to put my spin on it. And I think you even look at like something as old as like, you know, The Shining, Stanley Kubrick, right? Yeah. The movie is i mean in a lot of ways like the movie and the and the stephen king book are two completely different things it's like they're set in the same
2: so my question with that and and since you're a fan of that i'm, I'm not really a fan of that genre but i know they have like a, like a whole universe built around that world and yeah. um like what's the what's the attraction to you know like having nightmares <laughs> like it, it's just no i mean you're right i mean you look at
0: like uh freddy krueger and, and I'll, be, I mean, you said that's my genre. It's really not. I, I do not. I've never been a horror film guy. Like, I have this weird affinity for horror. Uh, um, as a kid, it was almost, it was always one of those things where it was like I'd be channel surfing and I'd come across something that would just scare the crap oh, no. out of me. Uh oh. Did we, we froze for a sec?
2: You paused first. Okay. Yeah. I was scared. <laughs> no, you're good.
0: Um, So, yeah, I've always had this weird, like, I mean, I think I talked about before, like, I had a weird relationship with eating meat and animal products as a, you know, as a kid. I feel the same way with, like, horror films, where I was always really intrigued by them, but at the same time, like, terrified. And so it was like, I would stumble across it, and, it was like a train wreck. Like, I couldn't not watch, you know, as much as it was, like, scaring the crap out of me. (laughs) And so... I really hated like the Freddy Krueger movies. Um, Cause yeah, like who wants to have nightmares and like, you know, script? but there is like, I, now I find if there's a certain level of comedy that's included in it, I can like stomach it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I, I watched uh, the invisible man and that was more of a it, it, I would probably call it a horror, but it was more of a thriller than a horror. So, i was okay Tetsu was scared <laughs> i was yeah. like it totally wasn't it really wasn't that scary it was just trying to figure out you know, the, you know where's the plot going um but i i really enjoy i really enjoyed that movie
0: have you watched uh, uh, Bloodshot? The gentleman
2: uh, yeah uh, you didn't like and it i watched it only for the action i i uh, I don't know the source material, but I think um, I'm kind of over Vin Diesel. Like, <laughs> he's way too over the top for me. Like, every movie he's in, he takes away, like, anything having to do with physics. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. you watched it?
0: Yeah, yeah, we watched it. Yeah, like
2: Christine, do you, do you see what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, like... <sighs> I do, and I I made a remark when we were watching it that like
2: I enjoy the movie. I just I I, I think I'm gonna start blaming cinema sins because now <laughs> I watch movies and I'm crapping all over the movie as I'm watching the movie in my head. Like the other day, I was, I was watching a movie and I started laughing. Tetsu goes, "What's so funny?" I'm like, 40 seconds of logos." And she gets so.
0: no it's true like i do the same thing you know pitch meetings and stuff like that uh where i'm sitting there and i'm like oh yeah that's totally reasonable why wouldn't you do that instead of doing this you know and like trying to point out all of the stupid little like logic flaws and everything and christy's like all right you were like you really got to stop with that because it's kind of driving me nuts yeah i don't know like i i i enjoyed bloodshot more than i thought i would because like you i'm not a huge vin diesel fan like i just i've never been Outside of like the Fast and the Furious series, I've never really found him to be, you know, that like engaging or thrilling. You know, like I'm a performer. Um, and so it was okay. I was joking with Christy that like, isn't it amazing every movie he's in? It's like, oh, my girlfriend or my wife or somebody gets taken You're away from out. me. Yeah.
2: Chris, come back. Am I back yet, Chris? Chris. Can oh you... no, internet. I think we lost Chris. I can see are you... you. There and you I can are. Hear You're you. waving at me. Oh really? Like. Oh crap! All right, maybe my inter- interwebs. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> trust me, I've been having. I mean, the internet has been a huge issue over here uh, during this. What you call it? Uh, sequestering. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I yeah, I, I actually had to buy Jaylee a webcam for school, which starts next week, and.
0: Did you actually guess find what one? there's not on the internet? Yeah, it's thank you because I, I went on I Amazon did. the other day and was um, looking for one and could not find. You need
2: to find one also. Yeah, it was it was damn near impossible, <laughs> highly <an> inconvenient. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> highly I was.
2: <laughs> Hats off to a pitch meeting for that one. Uh, I made a pun in our little joke and it was funny. Um, yeah, so I actually found one on Google Shopping, and that was very... Now, granted, for the same webcam I have now, it cost me $50. <laughs> it was originally $25. Yep,
0: price gougers everywhere, man.
2: Yeah, so... Um, and But it, again, I get supply and demand, but I did kind of vent my frustrations. Um, anyway, one other movie I watched that I don't know if I'll ever watch again, uh, The New Bad Boys.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, Christy watched that for some reason she was like I don't know why I put this on and because women love Wilson. I, the scene with DJ Khaled
2: oh god
0: i mean i i'm not going to lie like not to spoil it for anybody uh watching him get his hand smashed with a meat hammer was kind of enjoyable but beyond <laughs> that like i really when he when he hit him the first time i really wanted DJ Khaled to just go and another one
2: and another one <laughs> Oh man, like I, we are so much alike in that. I was thinking the same thing, but uh, did I mention The Gentleman? That was a good movie. Oh, you you uh, had
0: started to, but the internet was cutting in and out. And so I think I stepped over you, but on that. So yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. What did you think?
2: Oh my, I mean, first of all, big Matthew McConaughey fan. Really? All right. All right. All right. Uh, It's got Charlie Hunnam and a bunch of other Brits. It's got Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant. I mean, it was just a freaking great movie. Fantastic. Um, my type of action with a little bit of light comedy, not like ha-ha comedy, but just comedic stuff where you're like, huh, that was funny type of movie. Really, really, really enjoyed that. So, yeah, I had a good – I think I watched a, I've watched a lot of movies over the last couple of weeks. Um <laughs> even saw the Tom Segura stand-up, and he was funny – Um like yeah, I'm a big I, fan of that guy.
0: I also am a huge fan of Tom Segura. Like I, I there's just something about his delivery um and the way that he tells his stories yeah. that I just think is really funny. Like I just I don't know. I, I mean, he does he certain voices and stuff are like, <laughs> like he does that little like laugh snort thing, you know? Like it just oh, it just cracks yeah. me up.
2: I would say the only thing that uh, kind of puts me on edge with some comedians of late uh, is is the fact that they keep taking jabs at Christians and like my, my heart rate goes up just a little bit. And I'm like, please don't do, no. And I, I enjoy the ride because I, and I do believe if you can't laugh at yourself, then there's something, you're taking yourself way too serious. Um, And I get the material. I get the, I get the joke. I don't know how I feel about it, if that makes sense. You know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that was, I see your point, but Mm, okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's it's this weird thing for me. There's a couple of comedians that that I actually really enjoy that have been doing that more in their stand-up. And I don't want to turn them out, you know, just turn them off because of that. And I, I, I can appreciate what they're trying to say. It just bothers the crap out of me. Yeah. So, no, I mean,
0: um, and I can yeah. understand that. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting because I thought I think, you know, in in his latest stand up, he kind of addressed that to some degree. You know, like I and I I thought he made a good point where it's like, look, first off, this is a comedy show, right? Like I'm telling jokes. This isn't meant to be offensive. Like this is meant to just laugh at, right? Um, and second, like, you know, you have every right as a person who hears this to not like it and you know like that's cool but right. i yeah like i i'm still going to say it cuz this is america and that's what i'm going to do and yeah. i know like you're not saying that he shouldn't but i think like i i kind of appreciated the way right that he addressed it i thought he, he it was very straightforward um and i thought as i was watching it that was yeah. when i actually met, texted you saying that you should watch
2: it cuz i thought well andre would appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> and i and i well, you know me pretty well. Dick, because I, did a pre- I was like, okay. And that's a, for me, it's a fine line, you know, it's where I challenge myself to see if I really believe what I believe, regardless of what people say about it. And that seems kind of like, I don't know. Um, it's hard to do, right? Yeah. It's hard to actually say, well, I believe this. And then when somebody takes a jab, even in light, like, how do you respond to it? Like, eh, all right, whatever. So, you know, I did. I mean, i laughed at the jokes, but I appreciated his angle on it, which was kind of dope. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other stand-ups that I've watched lately. I know we rewatched watched uh, the Ken Jeong uh, You
2: Complete Me Ho a little while ago. Yeah, I watched that when I first came. I, like, I'm really up on Netflix's comedy specials. Yeah. So I think for me, I'm probably going to watch them because <laughs> I, I love comedy. So we were like, watching I'm, like an I'm old
0: totally Aziz Ansari one last night on Netflix, uh, which is pretty good. I don't, I don't always love his stand up. Like it's kind of hit or miss for me with Aziz Ansari. Like
2: his last special was pretty dope, though. Yeah, like, I did. I pretty... did like his last one. That was good. Yeah, like his whole take on R. Kelly, it just cracks <laughs> me up. I'm like, yeah, he saw know, that
0: or... you know, like the that R. Kelly wants to be let out of prison because he's worried about the coronavirus. Say that again. So R. Kelly wants to be let out of prison because he's worried about contracting the cor- the coronavirus, COVID, or getting you know the disease COVID nineteen.
2: Where's the punchline at?
0: Uh, well, <laughs> if it was COVID fifteen, he'd be okay with it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like, all right, you knew it was yeah, coming. He, <laughs> it was just a matter office. of time. I was waiting for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Swing! I can't even take um, credit
0: for that. So I saw that on Facebook or Twitter or something.
2: <laughs> Sports. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, tra- I'm probably trying to get myself away from Twitter again. Uh, but before I do that, I actually saw this great article, uh, just kind of recapping uh, Patrick Lindsay's dance on Melvin Gordon going to the Broncos. Yeah. And I thought he's a very mature guy. He basically said, Hey, I'm I'm gonna go out there and do my job. I have a family to take care of and my you know, he may be getting sixteen million dollars, but if I just go out there and play like you know, I'm paraphrasing if he goes out there and plays like a backup running back, then he's gonna be the second guy. Right. But if he goes out there and gives hundred percent, you know, then it's a matter of who the Broncos decide to start. Now, granted, he may not have any influence in that, but I think that was a very mature way of handling these the situation. I mean, um, and I think... And as a Broncos... Player.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, like, that's all you really can ask for from a player in that position. Like, and that's that should be the mentality regardless, I think, you know, going into a season is it's like, I'm going to play like I'm the starter, or I'm going to prepare as though I'm the starter and be in a position to... You know, like if I outplay this guy, I want to make it a tough decision for the organization whether or not they keep me and give me a contract, or they trade him to somebody else. Right?
2: Um, oh, they're not going to trade him. It's just about starting the game for him. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think some of the sound I probably missed part of what you were saying, but um, it was I all think the important stuff big... where
0: you would have been like, "Yeah, you're right. No, absolutely."
2: That's... Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. Sorry, Internet. Um, <laughs> so I feel bad about that. But I do think that's the, the exact opposite of what a Cam Newton would do. You know, I think that puts a, a running back like Patrick Lindsay, uh, in the same caliber of maturity as a Russell Wilson, as a, you know, a top-tier player in the NFL. His ability to handle that situation like an adult and not a three-year-old.
0: Well, here's a question so, for you. Do you think that it, some of it has to do with the fact that you know, I mean, because Patrick Lindsay, if I'm not mistaken, he was undrafted, undrafted yeah. free agent Wilson, not obviously undrafted but a third round pick. So not that like, you know, first round guaranteed like golden child,
2: you know, come in. Like, whole Brady team. was round. Brady was round 22.
0: Yeah, I think to some degree, those guys, right, that had to kind of earn it and prove it. You know, more than anything. And, you know, they talk a lot about guys, you know, the teams wanting guys that are going to play with a chip on their shoulder because ultimately, like, it just gives you that extra level of, you know, that extra edge, that level of competitiveness that, you know, you don't get, I think, if – you know, and some people are just naturally that way. You know, like, I think Tom Brady to some degree. So,
2: I I agree with you 100%. I was watching an episode of Shark Tank and uh, one of the the hosts actually – The person's pitch was basically pretty decent. And uh, they, Barbara, the older lady, pretty baller, the real estate broker from New York, um, she basically said, So, what do you, are you doing this full time? And the girl was like, Yes. Well, you know, you only made $35,000 a year. You know, how are you, you can't make 35K in New York and, and like live. She's like, Well, my dad's, you know, helping me out. And then Barbara flipped the squ- the switch and said, well, that safety net is making you probably less effective as an entrepreneur, et cetera, et cetera. This girl like went ham. She's like, I work, I, I do this every, you know, the whole spiel. And Barbara, after the fact, you know, she did get a deal, which was good. But Barbara, after the fact said, you know, that's, I wanted to see that fire from her. I wanted to see the, you know, the can-do attitude and that attitude of like, I'm going to go out and, and make this work. And I You know, that quality, whether it's in sports or business or just your personal life is huge, Um, you know, because life, life does give you a couple kidney punches every now and then. So, um, yeah, so I, I just admire people that have that, that characteristic of no matter what, I'm going to go out and give my best Um, because I'm really, you know, I really like to. That's how I try to live my life. You know, there's because life does kick you in the nutsack a couple times, and you can't, you can't complain about it.
1: Yeah. It's time for politics.
0: So, uh, speaking of which, uh, what's your take on? I'm kicked in nutsack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, switching switching gears here. Like I've been kind of interested in what's been going on on the political spectrum with all of this, you know, COVID nineteen coronavirus stuff going on. Uh, Because early, it certainly looked like, you know, this was going to be a huge crater uh, in Trump's, you know, like support where you know things were all of the progress that it looked like he had made in terms of unemployment and, you know, the stock market gains and all that had just basically all been wiped out. Um, and yet it seemed like when everything really hit here in the U.S., Joe Biden just, like, disappeared. You know, like, you didn't hear from him, really, for, like, a week. And then he had those weird videos that he was posting from, like, the basement of his house. Um, and I just, I don't know, like, it's starting to look so I read an interesting article. I meant to send it to you beforehand, um, but it was basically calling for Obama to come in and tell Joe Biden that he's not going to be the candidate. <laughs> and, then, and for them to pick somebody else because they don't feel like he ultimately is the guy that's going to be able to get this done.
2: Yeah, I um, I've seen those...
0: I mean, right, Cuomo, right, because of what's been going on in New York and the way that he's been battling yeah, Trump. Not,
2: that's, yeah, that's not Cuomo's, Cuomo's not going to do that. Right. Um, I, I don't think that, uh, I did read a headline saying that Cuomo's like, yeah, that's not for right now. Like right now I need to make sure the people, North, I mean, New York are safe. Um, and I did see that Cuomo's approval ratings in New York are 72%. While Trumps are forty one percent in New York. My my take on it is this like you cannot expect the presumptive candidate or nominee to be the president of the United States. It's not his job. No right now. And what do you want him to say? Like you can't take action on anything that he may propose. I mean, so I, I I'm kind of in the middle on it. It's like, yeah, he could say something, but what effect he's not a governor he's not he 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 doesn't have any like he's not in a role that he can actually influence decisions right now so it's no different than how a lot of the sanders supporters are saying we need another debate because if you want to get our vote you have to debate bernie sanders again i'm like shut the up (laughs) like You don't have to beat that out. I'm I'm thinking it, but I didn't say it. But, like, it just sounds so stupid. It's like, what, what are you trying to, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't understand where that sentiment is coming from. It doesn't, it's not going to affect anything. Like, he's not in office. Like, there's nothing he, I mean, the governors of states that are actually sitting in office can barely get a, they can get a reaction, but they can't get anything done for their constituents because of the federal government. I don't think that's a reflection. I don't personally think that's a reflection on Joe Biden. Like, no,
0: I, I mean, like, I don't think that change... that has anything to do with Joe Biden. I just think it 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 seemed like an odd time for someone who is essentially applying for a leadership role to abandon what seemed like a position of authority and leadership within... I guess just like within the the media or within the the party or the country to some degree. I mean, I think you would just uh, personally, right? Like I would want to see somebody, I I wouldn't want him to just like disappear, right? And have have a little bit more of a, a, a strategy, I guess, if nothing else, in terms of how to take advantage of this situation with everything that's gone wrong on the other side, you know, like using that to your advantage to say like, you know, this is what, we should be doing, even if you don't have the ability to really affect or like, you know, enact any of that change. Like, I don't
2: know. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. It's just kind of like, um, I, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I just don't think it's important if I'm being honest. I, I think what's probably more important is the fact that states are still struggling to get the resources they need, but it's interesting that Florida, everything they've requested, they've gotten, they've sure. received it and in spades is just kind of like is that because your your boy's got his you know that's his main place of residence right now and he's your big one of your big fanboys so for me I, I mean, don't he literally see... said
0: as much in the in the rose garden he was yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know governors like, you're, if you're nice yeah. to me I'll call you back I'll get you what you need but if yeah. you're going to trash talk me or the federal government in general in the media then well you can just let all your people die I don't care they're not my people, right? That's your state. Yeah. I'm I'm just so I, I think
2: people looking for a joke. <laughs> I don't think Joe Biden like doing more than what he can, and nobody really knows what that is. This is probably, as far as I can tell, pretty much unprecedented. Even when we went to war in Iraq, um, the president was a sitting—you know—he was a sitting president, it wasn't a time where he was like running for nomination or sure. there was not. So I, I think for me, it's like, what do you want him to do? Like, just like here, like, if I'm being honest, Trump pretty much took his game plan, like, from the debate before Trump really started to enact anything. So if you watch, and a lot of people, I think they have a short memory. They forgot about the debate of, like, what would you do? And he laid out a simple plan. And the federal government has adopted some of the things. So for me, it's like, all right, so I can keep telling, you know, I don't have the information to like make suggestions or recommendations. He keeps saying over and over again, we should listen to the scientists and the doctors. So outside of that, I don't know what's expected, you know? And I, I think that the social media thing, or I think the way that we're trying to get information is, is probably also short-sighted. I, I'm not on Facebook. So if Biden puts something on Facebook, I'm not going to hear about it. I, You know, like I don't, I've actually cut back on all the stuff that people are, you know, doing with pol- politics on Twitter. So if he does something there, I'm not going to hear about it. So the, we can't, I, I think we're trying to create a solution to a non-existent problem in, in my mind. It's like, he's been gone for a week. What the hell do you want the guy to do? <laughs> like, it's like, literally, it's like, I can tell you that, you know, the federal government has adopted his part of his playbook that he laid out on a video, and he also laid out in the debate. It's like, what do you, what else do you want the guy to do? He's not driving the freaking car, and if anything, I think it's wise for him to step out and let the guy that's supposed to be driving the car drive the damn car, if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> no, I, 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 totally get what you're, what you're saying. Like, and, and yeah,
0: I think that makes sense.
2: Yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. But I'm actually, you know, I'm concerned personally that we're we're taking our eye off the ball by what we are just in general, you know? Like, we're not looking for long-term solutions. Like, the thing I sent you about AOC, you know, like, I've had my criticisms of her. Mm-hmm. But it seems, you know, I'm actually pretty pleased that, you know, she's making a pivot because she's... You know, the burn it all down approach doesn't work. Um, and I, I do, and like I said before, I've seen, I see the merit in some of those ideas and how we get them accomplished. I'm not altogether sold that we need to, you know, burn everything down to get those things in place. I see that she's showing leadership in her first year in some change in office that Bernie Sanders is yet to ever show. Like she's actually trying to do things. That are, go, you know, trying to get legislation in the right order in the right play from the right playbook to get these things as part of our our system where I've never, ever, ever, ever. I've never heard of Bernie Sanders until he ran for office in 2016. So for me, I, I see there's those are positive things that we can say as a society of like, hey, through this crap storm, we're able to actually, you know, we can do two things at one time. We can walk and chew gum at, same, at the same time. So for me, there are some lights, you know, there are, there are some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and even from an unexpected place, like I'm not, you, you know, I'm not a big AOC fan. I'm not a fanboy, but I think her approach is probably going to help that part of the party. If it remains in the democratic party or it goes off off. And I, I one thing I really took away from that article is that she stopped trying to swim upstream, which was like, She, you know stop backing all these like super socialist you know way neoliberal people and started looking at people that not just that could actually win but actually understood how to work the system so i thought that was huge
1: well but
0: and i guess like that's kind of where the the question comes in though is like you know at what point are you now beholden to the system that you showed up with the intention of you know, fixing, like that you're not even really changing anything. Now you're just conforming to the way that things are done within that system, which I think is, you know, a criticism that a lot of her previous supporters are now levying at her. And especially looking at, you know, that article pointing out some of the defections of people from her, you know, campaign and the first couple of years in office to where we are now. um, You know, to me, it it almost read like, you know, well, I'm pushing these people who helped get me here out the door and now I'm bringing in people that, you know, are going to basically help me to do what I want to do even though maybe it's not as helpful to other people as I had originally set out to do. And I think there is like some degree, right, of, well, this is what's achievable versus what's not. Um, But I think for a lot of people it's kind of a fine line, you know, when you make these promises going into office and then two years later that feels like there's a pretty significant pivot away from the things that you said you were going to get done that got you elected in the first place. Right.
2: Well, in her, in her district, that's, that wouldn't be the case. So she's keeping her promises to her district. So, um, it, the, the thing I see with her is people are, are trying to make her out to be the leader of this progressive move. No you were- and, and i i'm video stopped chris yeah chris yeah oh, <laughs> okay this is I getting, like, this is
0: getting somewhat ugly here with this uh the internet speeds <laughs>
2: <laughs> just wave are you alive are you safe um i i think that bernie sanders is the leader of that movement like just from platform wise um but i i don't i since I don't believe his his approach is the right one, and that's not just my bias, but also a fact. I mean, he keeps spinning on the same four or five talking points every time where she's actually getting things done, right? And for somebody to bring some type of stability, like, again, she's doing what she's promised her district in New York. Are. So she's not being uh, misleading in that aspect. But she also, I think, with some experience is realized that the path they were trying to take doesn't get them to where they're trying to go. And so, if she, if she wants to remain as a Democrat on the ticket, seriously, she's actually a Democrat, unlike Mr. Sanders, she has to, and she wants to be a part of that platform. She has to put that in a way that's more effective than what she initially thought. Um, and I think that's probably that if people are willing to step back, and again, I'm not defending myself, but I don't, I'm not a freaking Democrat. But I'm just saying like I can definitely see like the I can see her being more successful and I can see that uh, part of the party being successful if they take on a more realistic approach, if I'm being honest. And, you know, for me, I think it's it's very wise that you don't try to get everything down done in like the first day, but you you try to influence those relationships to change the system to a way that's going to be beneficial to the people that are part of the system.
0: Yeah. I think it, it really is just a matter of, you know, it's a balancing act when it boils, when it what is what it boils down to. Right. Because like you, you do have to kind of play within the system in the way that it's there, but at the same time, trying to be make inroads to change the system for the better for the long run. Right. Right. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think we've
1: and talked,
2: she's, I mean, she. Silence. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was like all right that just happened." all right go ahead what i was going to say
0: is that i think you know we've talked a lot about you know not necessarily trying to achieve everything at the federal level and then having it pushed down right starting at the local and moving towards state and then eventually you know like if, if enough states come around yeah push that stuff up to the federal level if you have to um and i think to some degree right like that's like with the whole progressive movement, I want like i that's what I keep coming back to, I guess, right is like you were talking about these these ideas or these people don't really necessarily belong in the democratic party, but like if if there's enough people out there that want those changes within the platform of the democratic party, like how much do you push to try and get that done
2: right yeah um and I obviously don't have an answer for well then what good are you here's what I will. <laughs> I talked to my mom like last week and my mom is 65, 66. Um and here here's what I here's one thing I'll tell you. I I think it's very interesting that for black people, right? And I I was not trying to even bait my mom cuz I said, said "Ma, me, you know, what what are some of these things that you're you're trying to see happen?" Interesting enough, like a lot of the like the personal values of a person come out in their politics. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like your, your personal values. So, you know, what's important for my, for my mom, an African-American woman in her mid sixties is not nearly as important as, you know, the supposed, like, well, well it is a fact that 20% of the young voters who have, don't have the experience of the, those priorities of like free college and, and, you know, things like that. Those are two different things. So listening to my mom's point of view on that was like, oh, that's interesting. Listening to or hearing and seeing some of the rhetoric around this, uh, and it's not even really millennials, but people that are younger in society that most of them don't even have families. It's com- They're on two sides of the spectrum, right? Yeah, and- but I
0: – not to interrupt, but I think to some degree isn't – Part of that also driven by the fact that those two generations have had completely have had very different experiences growing up, even like you know you think about the first you know twenty five years of your mom's life, right and where she was maybe at that point versus the first twenty five years of you know the most recent generation where somebody's just turning twenty five um, you know if the majority of people that age these days right have were under the impression that they had to go to college if they wanted to get and get a degree if they wanted to get a good job so they took out student loans or their parents took out student loans for them and now they're graduated with a degree that isn't paying them a job that it basically allows them to live you know a decent life and pay back the student loans because of the interest and in everything that's associated with it so for them that idea of free college whether it be retroactive or even just moving forward feels more important, right? And I think it it, it is a, a lot because they haven't moved past that to other experiences. And so things that are more important to say people like you and I that have, you know, kids and a family and own homes and those sorts of things, right? We're going to have different priorities. Um and I think again, like it comes back to a balancing act of, of <laughs> determining, you know, what what we do, right? And what what are the important things? Um, And ultimately like what's going to benefit the most people without becoming
2: completely socialist or communist. So um, I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I also think that when you look at, um, when you look at this generation, like it's, I know it's been said that this is one of the first generations that will never accomplish what their parents accomplished. well, why is, I don't necessarily believe that's true. Right. But I also, I think part of that problem is the fact that people want things now and the whole college thing. I think that's somewhat, i have two points to that. One, there's too many colleges and universities in the country. Like most people don't even go to college and whether that's because it's cost prohibitive or whatever, that's not the point. There's just too many of them. <laughs> but secondly, like you can control the spending of colleges, or I mean the cost of college. We should have been doing that years ago, right? Um, and then, I, I think my biggest issue with like the generational gap between my mom's generation and the the younger generation is like, yeah, but you can't get everything now because you want it. And that's like that's one. You know, I'm not saying that their their arguments wrong. I'm saying, well, if you couldn't afford to go to that college, and like it was typically just a choice to go to say NC State versus ECU, ECU is cheaper, but you want to go to NC State because of preference, you made a bad decision, right? So, you know, that's, and and I just think that there are some things prohibitive, prohibitive, and I can't talk, that we could have done to prohibit some of these issues that we're having. So we don't have the full scope of the issues. A lot of times we just hear the noise and, you know, is it, Do I go to an in-state college because it's cheaper or do I, you know, travel outside? You know, i saw something a while ago. I want to say about six months ago, that a lot of students just go to out-of-state schools because it's, they're popular, not because they're getting a better education, but just because, you know, everybody goes to Penn state. I'm not picking on Penn state, but but it's like, why is that a smart decision? where were your, yeah. Where were your, where were your parents at in helping you to make a good decision on which college choice you picked? So when we can, if we ever took the time to find out the you know all the components of the problem we could probably have a better conversation uh as opposed to saying oh we just seem to you know no i i will give people this point there are too many freaking colleges in the, in the country like there's way too many like they, they don't even provide enough service for their you know for the demand is not even great enough for the amount of colleges that we have it's like it's like having a 7-eleven um and then I do believe that states could provide, I, so I do believe states should provide and could provide free and, you know, in-state like college for students. So, so I, I've seen that happen yeah. in other states. I believe it's possible to do. But my, my point is, and I know I'm, I'm probably just like on this whole college thing, but my thing, my point is basically, I, I understand that, but I don't think we get all the components of why or why the needs are so um uh, different between the generations other than the fact the one thing i have seen is that people just want things now like i want this now you know i can tell you countless times of hiring somebody and in three months they're like well why am i not a manager yet I'm like what, what are you talking about like why am i not this I've, I've been here for six months but you don't even know what you're doing <laughs> like so so the whole i want it now thing is a big break that goes along and just exasperate the problem.
0: Yeah. I mean and I think you know that's I see your eye <clears throat> that's multifaceted, right? Like I think there's a lot of reasons that this generation or or that, that that, you know, that um uh, expectation of more instant gratification or or you know, at this point like immediate gratification, uh becomes more expected i think you know you mean you look at smartphones and like that interactivity right and the internet speeds increasing and our our availability of information like i mean i got frustrated this morning because i couldn't get helena's tablet to connect to the wi-fi in the house and download something within like five minutes and i was like to the point where i was just like this stupid piece of crap like it never works you know like i'm like losing my cool over a device that won't connect to the internet so i can access things that i you know, five years ago, I wouldn't <laughs> have even thought about. Um, and so, yeah, like there is a, a certain level of that. And I think, right, like what's especially here in the United States. Up, I, like that.
2: What's that? <laughs> it's a, stop staring! at you You like froze for a second. I was like, stop staring at me like that. Damn internet scared. speeds.
0: <laughs> just to be clear, we're not using Zoom. Uh, Chris? <laughs> oh,
2: no. Can you hear me still? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> this is going to be a crazy one for you to edit. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going
0: to I'm not going to edit it at all. I'm just going to I'm just going to post it up live. <laughs> um Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think again, I think it's important that we have, you know, uh, like a, a the full spectrum of voices at the table, right? Like I think that Just because you're young and haven't had experience doesn't mean that you don't have good ideas and doesn't mean that the things that are important to you aren't important, right? But it is just a matter of trying to understand, right, in the grand scheme of things, how do we kind of rank and, like, prioritize what we're going to get done, right? And I think um, there's an awful lot of focus on... People in this country who are, I think, ultimately like doing okay, not doing great, but doing okay and wanting to make them better. When we've got a lot of people who are not doing okay, and we're not doing a lot to try and figure out how to fix that problem. You know, like we've talked about gentrification in areas like, you know, Colorado and San Francisco and the homelessness, you know, situations and stuff like that. Um, And I just think that. A lot of the times, those are the people that are ultimately getting overlooked. And what you know, it's like we're more focused on, well, where's the disappearing middle class? And it's like, yeah, it'd be great if we could go back to a manufacturing-based society where you have that really strong middle class. But that's not where we are anymore, and, and we're not going to get back to that anytime soon.
2: But we've we've had opportunities to. Um, I think our our. Our focus on infrastructure fixes a lot of the the middle-class issue. Um,
0: Following commercial break is brought to you by Helena. For all your interruption needs, trust the experts. Trust Helena.
2: I think that we've had a lot of opportunities, too. Hi, (laughs) Helena. Hi, Helena. How are you doing, sweetie? How
1: are you doing?
2: I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> Are
0: you reading to your stuffed animals? Yeah, a lot of them.
2: Right. You can't put the in your box because Oh my anything. god. I've never
1: done
2: that before.
0: My daughter, that's and gentlemen. Well, I just thought I was kind of tired of doing that, so I'm not gonna do the thing I was supposed to do. I'm just gonna <laughs> go do something else.
2: Welcome to America, <sighs> yeah. um, the land of the yeah, toilet paper. I um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just, I just think that it's uh, I, I really don't, I mean, I don't have a solve for it, but I, I do agree that we need to. You know if we want to fix some of our middle class problem we've had several opportunities we haven't taken advantage of them we need to figure out a way to uh, get more than 50 percent of americans work for small businesses and making that um (laughs) you've like froze for a second
0: and then it went super speed when you came back like i was
2: like whoa (laughs) (laughs) hello internet um yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of opportunities that we can take. I you know, I do believe that if we if we stay focused on the big picture as a country, we'll figure out a way to, you know, chip away at that mountain. And I don't think it's an us versus them argument with uh the the FNZ people. I just think it's a matter of
1: Let's talk about technology. All
2: right. We're we're Ladies and gentlemen, the internet has not been our friend. Not today. <laughs> oh. so, um, <laughs> yeah,
0: we're trying. <laughs> I promise, we're doing our best, folks. Damn you, Google yeah, Fiber! So and we're, and, we're and who do you it. have for an internet provider? So we can call them out on. That? I have AT&T
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. That, no, have... That's a problem. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, are, I don't know if you have like the next door app or if you're on that at all. Um, but like there are so many of my neighbors in the, in the neighborhood who complain about the Google fiber like internet all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been looking at trying to figure out if I could do like if I just if I need to get like a whole house Wi Fi set up. I know you've got something like that at your place, right? Fifteen minutes later, does the internet actually come through? <laughs> yeah, no, right.
2: Yeah, I um. So I was trying to play Madden with Maddie uh the other day, and he's got Spectrum and Winston, and it kept crashing. I was like, "Gosh, who do you have he goes, Spectrum?" I'm like, "Yeah, they suck." So, <laughs> AT and T's been pretty solid. throughout I mean, this whole thing. I, I think ultimately,
0: uh, right? Like, I mean, AT and T maybe a little bit more, um, but I think none. Nobody was really set up and from an infrastructure standpoint to have people on with the, the amount of bandwidth being used on a regular, like consistent basis. Right. And so I think it's just like, we are putting, we are pushing a lot of infrastructure things, I think to their limits <laughs> from a technological standpoint
2: right now. Yeah. And I, that's fair, but I, I, I don't, I, I don't, ex, I don't excuse that. Like, I don't think that's acceptable. No, um, I think you absolutely like, as far as,
0: it, you know, load testing and stuff like that, right? Like if you were, if you're a website, right. And you're like, well, oh, well, I only, yeah. I only tested the speed of this w- when I had 10 users on. So when I had 20 users, all of
2: a sudden it crashed. Like you get your ass fired for that. <laughs> yeah. I, so in our house, we have a pretty unique setup. I have um, a, I, have an ethernet port in my basement that supports the internet at that level then i have the main router on my main level then i have an extender in my office that supports the third floor so for me it's just a matter of okay even even if this wasn't going on i hate slow internet (laughs) it's just like you know give me my gig of gig like speed and i will route the rest of it throughout the house i do know this my next house it's gonna have Ethernet in every bedroom. Um, like yeah. I think Wi-Fi is cute, but my next house will have Ethernet in every bedroom.
0: Yeah, and that's because you know, Ethernet. Awesome. I uh, I was fortunate that a few years ago, I think that was probably like ten years ago now. Because um, what I used to do, I had a like a fifty foot Ethernet cable. Uh, so I used to work at a coffee shop. Um, they had like a five thousand foot roll of Cat five E cable. From when they originally set up. Right. And they used all of like maybe 150 feet of it, right? So there's like a ridiculous amount of Cat5E <laughs> yeah. cable. And my manager at the time was like, Does anybody want this? And I was like, I'll take it. So I bought a Cat5E crimper and a bunch of ends. So I made like a 60 foot cable that ran from the router downstairs all the way up to my bedroom upstairs. Or actually, I think at the time the router was upstairs in my bedroom. And so the cable actually ran downstairs to the Xbox in order for everything to work correctly. Um, and I had it like taped, you know, on the like the wall and stuff like that um, to get it where it needed to go. And it, it worked okay. You know, like it was fine. But when we did some renovations, I had the guys just feed the cable through the walls and go all the way upstairs and then did a couple of, you know, wall mounts um, there. Now I'm trying to figure out if I should do the same thing to the downstairs. Cause my office is in the downstairs. And so the Wi-Fi signal penetrating the brick and the bathrooms and the kitchens and like all the appliances and everything that are essentially between this computer here and the router in the living room is just like, right. I mean, it just makes it terrible down here sometimes. And especially now when we've got multiple people on the internet, you know, like using a significant amount of bandwidth at the same time. Um, and so I started looking at like whole house Wi-Fi setups the google one looks kind of interesting like but it's like 250 bucks for you know a multi um multi you know access point setup and i'm like i'm not spending 250 dollars on a That's freaking. The best
2: one, though. yeah i guess <laughs> it's it's the best one if i was to redo like if i was to redo all this again i would probably just go with the uh the google setup i think it's actually it's probably the best one um and so that, that may OSHA, be what I end up OB. doing is
0: just saving up to buy that, you know, like just being like, all right, well, that's my target, yeah.
2: so now I just gotta get there. Yeah, I had a, um, I had an airport Apple Airport Extreme that, um, and I was like, yeah, what do I do with this thing? And I thought I had the my downstairs covered pretty well, and then one day, like uh, some family came over and they're complaining about the Wi-Fi. And I was like, oh, okay. And I remember well, I have an ethernet port down there. I have this extra airport extreme. Yeah. Dude, it's like my whole house is a blanket. Unfortunately, Wi-Fi goes in a cylinder, which is kind of stupid. It doesn't go outward, which right. it would make more sense. It's literally a freaking cylinder. Like yeah. the further back of my house I go, the less I have. Um, so that helps out a great deal. And now the airport extreme covers the back part of my house, so I'll watch the network switch on my phone. I'm like, oh, I'm like two feet in, <laughs> so it's really weird. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I like the the next next time around, I'm definitely gonna go Ethernet in every room. Um yeah. Because like wi- Wi-Fi is it's cute, but it's not very useful.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, like ultimately. I think, like, Wi-Fi is great, and you need it because of your, like, mobile devices and stuff like that, right, where you're not going to have it plugged in. But if it's not a mobile device, ultimately, you should just hardwire it. Because the other issue that I think you run into, like, is the number of devices that are connected on your Wi-Fi access point. Like, there's a limit to how many connections that thing can, you know, like, concurrently support, right, and support well. and um and so i think that's the other because i was looking through like you know my network thing on the google fiber and i'm like well, there's like 15 or 17 wi-fi devices that are all connected to this thing plus you know the four wired connections that i have coming out the back of it <laughs> 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 so i you know like i get it i know i'm probably just way over taxing the system for what it's meant to be you know and that's right that's where i'm trying to figure out right is it is it the service provider that's an issue or is it just my setup and I need to upgrade and figure out that? So.
2: So in my office I have the uh, Netgear Nighthawk, mm-hmm. um, which is a, which a pretty unique device. So it'll get on the wire, both wireless channels uh, 2.5 and five gigs. And um, then it'll distribute, it's got four ports in the back and then it'll distribute itself. Mm-hmm. And in my office, that's where it's, it's set up there. My, main routers directly below me in a closet downstairs. And it's a great, like I still get like 890 down, just like plug into this box. It was like 150 bucks um, because I didn't, I couldn't at the time wire a port from my office to my uh, network switch because the guy didn't have the equipment and I didn't want to wait. I was like, well, I'm going to spend 150 bucks one way or the other. So I spot that. And then I have a switch, a network switch. I have a bunch of crap in my office also. Um, but I th- I'm pretty happy with this purchase, but you know, I think overall people just need to look at, look at what you're doing. I mean, like again, yeah. technologies, it's either going to help you or make your life difficult, but you have to, when it comes to the whole like internet access thing, split, you know, split the load a little bit. Um,
0: I will say I'm a little frustrated after doing some initial research because I've got two um, Western Digital external hard drives, you know, that mm -hmm. I use for backups and stuff like that. And so I was trying to consolidate everything onto one of them uh, and then use that as a shared drive throughout the house. Right. And just was doing, had read something where it was like, you know, simple shared drive setup, just plug it into the USB port on the back of your modem and then go in and turn on shared. Well, guess what? Google doesn't support. Nope. nope. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as you said that, I was like, nope, that's not going to (laughs) happen. And so now I'm looking at like, you know, cause I got a raspberry Pi a while ago and I'm not using it for anything right now. And so now I'm starting to think like, well, that can just be my always on computer you know, that's then hardwired into the modem sitting in the living room. And then I can just access it that way. But it just seems like such a basic thing, you know, like to be able to plug an external hard drive into that and be able to access it. But I mean, I know it's more
2: complicated than that. Okay. I was going to, you know, you saw my face, right? Yes. I had,
0: you (laughs) you know, me, I know things are more complicated than, than, than they maybe appear to be, but, it still doesn't mean that it shouldn't be less complicated.
2: Gosh. Somebody out
0: there, because somebody just made the decision, we're not going to support this. That's what it really you know boils down why to. why though, right? No. There's a security it's feature. Security risk.
2: Yeah. You can never secure those files if it's, it's got an open port or open access to the internet. There's nothing you can do about that. Well, so all those, those files you think are nice and safe and secure are no longer nice, safe and secure. I didn't think they were nice and safe and secure. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't have. Uh, I used to have little pogo plug devices that kind of mimic some of the functionality of a, of a Raspberry Pi, and I almost bought a Raspberry Pi last year, but I have like computers. <laughs> like, I just I
0: yeah just... yeah like I bought the Pi. I I, th- I actually I asked for it for Christmas one year because I thought it would help me get into doing a little bit more programming and like coding and stuff like that. Um, I. what ended up ultimately happening was that the two initial projects that I set up to do, I didn't end up being able to do them for one reason or another. Like I ran into some sort of issue and got like halfway through and then was just like, well, this is really frustrating. So, and then I set it aside and forgot about it. And so (laughs) then it's like, I I eventually went back and was just like, okay, I'm just going to set this up as like a computer with a fresh, you know, OS install and, do that. And that's basically where it is now. And it's just been sitting unplugged
2: in the living room. Yeah. You should tell, I mean, totally do that. Like I have, um, I have a service called Nextcloud on one of my, so the short version of my, of my um, server setup is I have this pretty monster Plex server that handles all my media that um, like, it's really dope. Like yes, I, I re- it is very I re- cool. re- I really love my Plex server. And that's its only job. That was
0: one of the pro- projects that I was going to use my Raspberry Pi for was to set up a Plex server. And then, yeah, like I, for whatever reason, I ran into issues getting all that stuff set up.
2: Yeah. And that, that computer's job is just media. So anything dealing with media, that computer does that. Then I have a little, uh, uh, basically a dev server where like I'll just, you know, if I want to test a website or test a program, but I don't want it to be out in the wild, that's its only job and um actually have a service called nextcloud hooked up to that tour I, I just took some external hard drives and so i have my own basically dropbox service <laughs> so then in my office i have two more computers so i i take computers very seriously but i i started out this whole plex thing with like pogo plugs and that i just found that the devices i would buy would be bigger and bigger so i knew it's like Yeah, that's cute for that but i need to transcode or i need to do this and I just found it a lot easier just to run like full fledged servers, but the Raspberry Pi has been an item on my list that the Raspberry Pi four mm-hmm. can now transcode video. So I keep it secretly on the huh, I might buy one of one day list because I think that'd be kind of dope. Low powered. Um, I mean,
0: there there are some really cool features about it, you know, like yeah. I think the low power. Um, I mean, obviously very compact, right? So it doesn't take it. It's not like you have a tower, you know, right. uh, or even like a mini Mac. Kind of thing sitting there um so i think like the uh, i've had some fun with it i think you know maybe now that i'm home more often i would try and get back into that a little bit more i mean that's been part of i mean now that i've been you know sequestered here in the house for the most part i've been trying to figure out like well what are these house projects that i can actually like kind of try and get done things that so i have not want to do funny.
2: for a while but yeah just an observation since you close your office door your video is a lot more consistent <laughs> that's weird.
0: I did notice like right about five minutes ago, all of a sudden, everything like between us seems like it got better. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Christy got off
2: of the internet and closed your computer yeah. for a minute. <laughs> yeah, the, Ra- <laughs> the Raspberry Pi is a pretty cool device. I would definitely uh, if I had a like another like I, I think I have all the hardware need for my typical setup. Like the thing that used to kind of uh, trip me up was like having a dev server. And now I have one, but it's just fun. It's just, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely like when you're home a lot, or even when you're not like having a, uh, a network device that you can get access to your stuff at is super cool. Like I like Dropbox, but I also hate Dropbox. They went up to like a hundred bucks a year. I'm
0: yeah, like- it is. And I, the way that those things sync like Google drive and you know, one, OneDrive, excuse me, and all that stuff from Microsoft, like I get really frustrated because the default is like, well, I'm just going to sync everything across all of the different devices essentially. Right. And then like, I'll sit here and be like, okay, well I'm paying for cloud storage so I can access this stuff. But then you're still taking up all of this room on my hard drive for my main computer. Right. Like, and I, I, again, I get it. Right. It's the cloud is just somebody else's computer and they don't want to pay for all that storage space. So yeah, they're right. going to use yours and then you just like remote access to it. But it's just, yeah. Like I I've never found those to be the service that I ultimately want them to be. If that
2: makes any sense, right? It does. And I, I, um, I guess I'm doing a nextcloud commercial. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's super, super like open source, and like you don't have to be super technical. To, well, actually, you have to be mildly technical to figure it out. But for the most part, I actually just took. I took an external drive I had laying around because, you know, I just have external drives laying around and um, I get like, I have a ton of space and then I back that drive up to an external drive. That's on my network just in case. Right. So super, not a over redundant um, deal, but whatever computer I'm on my working files and I, that's kind of how I do my system. I have a working directory of crap of my projects. I can have them in sync on all my computers and not worry about it. Um, yeah. and the only, it only syncs what I want to sync. So, um, I'm a big fan of like on a computer. I don't have a ton of. Just at any given moment. You froze for a second there. Yeah. You t- I was like, Oh crap. As soon as we said the internet was better. <laughs> I know. It came back. To <laughs>
0: That's what we get. How dare I speak the praises of the internet? yeah
2: yeah i uh i don't know i i love like tetchy's office you know we set that up uh last week and um i realized i hate windows <laughs> like, I
0: oh, I preaching in the choir my friend
2: <laughs> i so she had to call the uh, she works for the state and I had to call their it department because i had to update a driver on her pretty sweet lenovo thinkpad right yeah. it's it's a nice laptop um The HDMI port doesn't work. And I'm like, what do you mean the HDMI? So, and I'm Googling like solutions, like, oh, you have to update the driver. I'm like, what? Okay, so we update the driver. Go through this whole process. You know, they have to remote access into the computer, update the driver, still doesn't work. You know what the freaking problem was? On this probably $1,800 laptop, the power supply they give you doesn't provide enough power to power all the ports. (laughs) Let me say that again, for anybody that the power supply they give you doesn't provide enough power to to power the ports that are on the freaking device. Yeah. I'm like, how does that work? Like, who thought that was a good idea? So Long story short, we had, she had to bring her, uh, I Lenovo's give you a ThinkPad dock. Apparently, they're aware of this problem. Yeah, <laughs> that, of course. That, <laughs> that basically, you you power everything up this dock, and then it provide like through USB-C, you can actually use all the devices. I'm like, well, that's just a good way to get like, you know, $300 out of people. <laughs> so there you go. Just blew my freaking mind. I was like, you're kidding me, right? And um yeah, but anyway, it's a nice, it's, I would definitely buy that laptop and then probably next year I'm going to buy another laptop and then just put uh, like a Unix. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's okay. like, I mean, cause yeah, I've got my Lenovo,
0: um, laptop for work. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they wanted me to buy a windows machine. Um, cause that's primarily what they use and it's, it's okay. You know, like I, I like some of the features of it. Um, I kind of wish I'd gone with a 15 instead of a 17 because it's 17. It's just a big freaking screen. You know, it's just a big computer. It is super light, which is my favorite thing. It weighs less than four pounds. And that was one of the most important things when I was like, if I'm going to have a work computer that I have to tote around with me all the time. And it can be big and light. Like that's cool. Um, One of the things that drives me nuts, you know, you gave me that TV slash monitor, right. that Mm -hmm. I've been using. And if I hook it up to the HDMI port on my windows machine it automatically stretches the picture beyond the screen size (laughs) and then gives me no way through resolution control or anything like that display you know settings to actually adjust that now if i do it on the mac i can immediately go in and go to underscan and adjust and it fits perfectly and i'm just like these very simple basic things right like and this is a problem. I mean, I've had the same issue with Windows machines for years, right? Where you right. hook it up to a to a larger screen and all of a sudden it doesn't know where the edges are. And <laughs> I mean, like I've, I've had similar issues with Mac, but again, they built something into the software that actually compensates, compensates. for that.
2: Yeah. I don't like Windows <laughs> and I want to, like I really, I really, I, I, again, I don't care what Tool that you use, if I'm being honest, it's, I just think that it just needs be to be function. the best tool. Yeah, I agree. And I um, I stopped using uh, Macs for a while until I realized I actually have to, in order to do uh, the mobile app that I have to design, in order for it to be cross platform, the only way to make an iOS device or is on, Apple, an, it's the, on a, an Apple device. Yeah. <laughs> and that just pisses me off. It's like I'm I'm comfortable, happy using Linux, yeah. and I'm not saying Linux is for everybody, but if I'm being honest, Linux is for everybody, <laughs> you know? Um, because it just, it, it's taken, it just works. You know, there's a lot of distros out there, like uh, on uh, a couple of our computers, we have Zorin OS, which is actually very akin to a, a Mac, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. Like literally everything just works. Uh, it's a Ubuntu base, but it's, they've actually taken a lot of thought and process with the design. Um, on my my work on my computer, my beast, I have System seventy six Pop OS, which just again just works,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the only reason I ch- chose that distro is because I like the way it looked. <laughs> it was just kind of like it just looks so much cooler. Um <laughs> But I hate Windows. Like it, it pains my brain to think about to just to know that Lenovo, which I I was always. I kind of got pissed when IBM sold them as a division. Um, cause I thought that, Oh, we're going to lose one of the last American icons in computer hardware. Lenovo's well, done a pretty decent job of maintaining the consistency up until I discovered that they don't know how to make an HDMI port. <laughs> so,
1: um,
2: but yeah, I just, I can't stand using windows. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No, like, there's not, there's not a lot of logic behind it. Um,
0: you know, and I think they're honestly like their user interfaces basically since probably Windows ninety five have just gotten worse and worse. You were staring at me like with this weird, like half eyed open, like you look like Forrest Whitaker.
2: <laughs> oh man, oh poor Forest. Poor Forrest. Oh uh, yeah. I yeah, I um but yeah, Windows sucks. <laughs> It really I does. Can't. And I like their new CEO. I think he's actually brought a whole new vibrancy back to Microsoft. Um, Techy always says, I hate Bill Gates. I don't. I think he's probably one of the most brilliant people on our planet. But I just think they write right, crappy software. Yeah. Except for games, like the Xbox. I love the Xbox. Um, yeah, I'm, and-
0: a, I'm an Xbox fan as well.
2: Warning. Warning. The following contains movie spoilers, not suitable for all
1: audiences.
0: You know, it's funny. You were talking about open source code earlier, um, which reminded Mm -hmm. me of that scene in Bloodshot where (laughs) it's like the shitty developer used open source code in his programming of these nanobots. And that's how the other programmer was able to like hack into it.
2: Part of me died. I knew. I, like, I knew as soon Jesus. as I watched that.
0: I was like, Andre, Andre is just going to like have the worst eye roll. Like it, They might get stuck in the back of his head when that happens.
2: <laughs> For the love of everything holy, why do people?
0: But don't. I mean, we can't act like that stuff doesn't happen, right? I mean, like, you know, major bank software and stuff like that. You know that there's pieces of open source code floating around in that crap
2: but the idea behind open source software is not bad inherently. It's just that people don't want to maintain it. It's like, I am so, like I saw this one developer that, uh, he's got this library that a lot, like a lot, a lot of people use, and he's got a soft license on it now. Right. Because people are, you know, big industries they're using it, but they're not contributing code. Right. And I think that part is wrong. Um, and I'm also a big fan of of now with open source. The, one of the new trends is you can actually, you know, pay the developer some money. You know, I think there is a uh, yeah, like the suggested uh, donation some sort of t- thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, some of these libraries and, and, and projects are so well used and well liked that you want to, you know, throw the guy a bone or, yeah. or grill a bone and help them to stay on it. So that way you can enjoy the use of the software.
0: Well, and especially I think if it's something that you're using, that's going to make money for you, you know?
2: Yeah. I personally try not to um, use libraries anymore. For the most part, I try to basically, unless it's a, a service API I'm using, I basically just write my own code now, because I don't want to be part of the problem, you know, or contribute to the project itself. Um, so I think that, you know, that's how we keep we we stifle innovation in software when we don't try to contribute back to these projects that we're all using. Um, but yeah, I did roll my eyes. I actually, I actually said, oh my God, when they said that. I actually remember my reaction. It's like, oh my God, this is the sword down. Yeah, we we're, I, I'll say it again. We were watching a movie or something and somebody made some false statement about technology. I was like, that's not even true. She goes, like, why do you do that all the time? Because it's not true. Then people believe that stuff. And they go around saying it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, we have um, covered a lot of topics again today, and we hope that everybody's staying safe. Um, Hopefully, your internet's working better than ours. Yeah. No big takeaways this week, but I I do feel, you know, I just want to leave with this closing thought. Like, you know, um, it'll be really cool if people just figure out a way to, like, think outside of their problems, and especially, you know, I think Chris and I are probably going to keep going back and forth in this whole state of you know, where we are in politics, because, you know, for me, I'm starting to get very disinterested in the echo chamber and I'm very, I'm getting very disinterested in like the loudest people just feeling like their, their voice should be heard and they're not seeing anything. So, um, I, I say that because I don't, I personally struggle with trying to not pick a side and, and I want, you know, hopefully Chris keeps me honest because I don't, want to pick a side, but I want to basically understand the difference between right and wrong. Somebody else yesterday called Trump my boy. And I'm like, he's not my boy. I can't, ex- you know, I can't explain how that makes me feel on the inside. Like a part of me dies every time I hear that. Yeah. But I, I think in the middle and I have friends on either side of the fence. I think in the middle is probably where we find a path to solutions. And I want to see solutions. I'm, I'm tired of re- you know rhetoric. I, the vitriol is just—it's old for me. The, the loud people is—I I don't know. It's like temper tantrums almost. And I don't even want to get involved anymore. So, hopefully, we can for ourselves. You know, Chris and I. Hopefully, we we spark some of the conversations with other people. Help people to actually have the right conversations. Um. I I've often said that a lot of times people are saying the same things but saying it in different languages, you know. Um Oh yeah, and, that's how language works. I mean, depending on where you live, you speak a different language. Thank you, Captain Obvious. But <laughs> <laughs> What am I saying, though, Chris? What you're how about saying you what I
1: <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I you're right. I think, you know, you that's something that you and I have found I think pretty consistently throughout our experience, um, you know, working together and just being friends is that a lot of the times people don't realize that you're, you know, you're on the same page about maybe like how important an issue is. It's the difference in how we achieve the outcome, right? That becomes more the sticking point. And be just because we don't necessarily agree on the best way to get there doesn't mean, that I have to hate you, right it doesn't mean that you're stupid. it doesn't mean right like there right. Are, there are just times where we both see things slightly differently, and it could be that you know both paths are viable, maybe there isn't one that's necessarily better than the other um and I think yeah, we just i think as a you know society and as people like we we need to try and be a little bit more open minded on on both sides, you know like I think. never really going to understand somebody unless you take the time to learn more about them you know like where they come from what their experiences are and i think far too often we immediately shut people out because they say something that we immediately don't agree with you know and and it becomes this well they said that so now i can't talk to them about anything you know i can't stand to be around that person and that's you know, unfortunately, like, what, what are you ultimately achieving in that other than ostracizing this person and then probably encouraging them to believe that their beliefs are that much more, you know, in the right when maybe ultimately Valid. that's not the case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I think if you if you really want to make a change, it's more about finding ways to have conversations with people. And you're not always going to walk away agreeing on the best way to do something or that maybe even that, you know, what it is that needs to be done. But just taking the time to have that conversation more often than not, what you're doing is you're building a relationship that then allows for that conversation to happen over and over again. And you learn something and the other person learns something. And eventually, you know, hopefully you come to some sort of agreement or maybe you never do, but you still you have that opportunity
2: to have a conversation. There, uh, yeah, I got 98% of that. But... So there was one time, um, and I'll just tell you how this has played out in, in my life and especially our relationship. There was a time where, um, and I think I'm over it now, but <laughs> I, I experienced a, um, a hurtful, racist experience. And For those of you that know me, I'm not a very emotional person. Like, I'm just not. Like, things typically don't bother me. But I was kind of pissed. And Chris and I were talking, and I told him, I said, I'm really mad. I'm angry. And the look on his face was like, okay. Like, I don't really know what to do with that. But (laughs) I don't really uh, – most of my world doesn't involve (laughs) involve me sharing my emotions. So – I mean, you know, but I was like, dude, I'm really pissed. And I'm, you know, I explained the situation and uh, Chris said, I understand. And I looked at him. And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> because, because you're right. And it, but it was cool that we were able to, like, I was able to be honest and say, dude, you don't understand. <laughs> like you, and I appreciate, I understood what I was saying, but I was, it was a very raw moment. Does that make sense, Chris? Yes. Like, I, I think that from that moment on, We've always, you know, that just solidified the ability that we've had to even be in the same moment, but not necessarily uh, see it from the other point of view, other's point of view, but empathize. And I think that moment, and I remember that moment a lot because it really reminded me like, yeah, this is my dude right here, like ride or die. And I only have like a few people like can count them on probably one hand. people i'm so 100% ride or die with where they know like when i'm pissed or they know when i'm confused or or things of that nature and that's you know if we don't do anything like with with sharing stuff i hope that we can help people understand like that's totally okay (laughs) that's totally okay to to that's how you grow and that's how you you know you make changes um and I say that also because, you know, like Helena in the background, mm-hmm. uh, we're not just like work buddies. Like we're really friends and we share, we share and try to do life with each other. And that's you know my little circle of my posse that it's all about. And I, I want to kind of hopefully, you know, hopefully we can show people that it's okay to do that. So hopefully like slowly by slowly, we can make actual changes in, in like the, the places we influence, if that makes sense. Yeah. One hundred but he really did say I understand you know, like do you don't you know, understand like, stop saying that. Like, you don't get it. No,
0: and I but I think you know there's there's an important element in that too, right? That it, you don't have to understand in order to listen to somebody, right? Like sometimes that's all somebody needs is that moment to say, like, this is what I'm feeling. I need to verbalize it, and I don't necessarily need you to provide a response or an answer or like a solution. Right. I mean, like how many times right? have we did we would we step outside? You know, I was like, you busy? Nah. All right. So we'd step outside and then, like 10, 15 minutes of just, you know, one of us just going off. Like, can you believe the crap that's going on right now? And so and so said this and this and this. And then it's like, all right, cool. I feel better now. Let's go inside. And it's like, you know, you don't have to necessarily like solve somebody's problems, but you just have to be able like be that sounding board, you know, something somebody that can listen to them. Um, right because sometimes that's all you need is just to get that out and then you hear yourself talking about this stuff. Excuse me. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know what I was saying. Anyways. Uh 2 weeks at home with a 6-year-old. <laughs> yeah.
2: I um I'm hopeful and like it's even like uh, if you think about our, our discussion legalization, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't made a decision yet, but I'm still hopeful that i can uh at least look at things from a different point of view because i don't want to pretend like i'm right but i at least want to be understanding it and not forget that other people have opinions also um as a parent i do that all the time like i'm sure i piss my kids off a lot i'm sure i piss my wife off but, um not on purpose it's just i feel like i should be able to share my opinion <laughs> or lack thereof it's like yeah, i don't know um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah We hope you guys enjoy episode 12 um, of the Chris and Andre show. We, we enjoy doing this. We,
0: this is part of what's keeping both of us sane right now. I'm pretty sure is the fact that every Tuesday we get to sit here and jabber at each other for an hour
2: plus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It probably gives my wife a break from like, gosh, we need to go back to normal. I think <laughs> I think we're going to test our um our our social like how how much you really love the person you're with basically because Tetsu literally is giving me rules. I'm like, "Why why am I getting rules right now?" I don't want rules. So, um yeah, good times.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I hope you survive all that.
2: <laughs> I'm a grown man. Uh I don't need rules. Are you a grown ass man? So, do you do what you yeah. want? <laughs> No, because I'm also uh, a smart man. (laughs) I know that crap doesn't fly. I'm a grown ass man, and
0: I do what my wife allows me to.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Again, I'm Andre. I'm Chris. (laughs) And thanks for joining us.
0: bought some shoes from a drug dealer the other day. I don't know what he laced them with, but I was tripping all day.